Hi, this is Al Fuentes. Welcome to the Self-Empowerment Experience. Join me and my guests on a journey of their stories of their lives and how they have found themselves, found empowerment through everyday life. It's inspiring, it's uplifting, it's exciting. People from all walks of life come on the program to share their tools, their resources, their insights, so that you may benefit from them. Thank you for stopping by and tuning in. Welcome to the self-empowerment experience. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Uh, and uh, Michelle Claire, everyone, she is a medium mm-hmm. and also have had three near-death experiences. Yes. <clears throat> so there's quite a bit to talk about. Mm-hmm. And the work that you do today really is in that field of connecting to different spirits and energies mm-hmm. and bringing in messages and things like that. So why don't you first tell us a little bit about that and then we can rewind and go back to kind of your journey. Okay. Yes. Yeah, so right now what I do is I connect people with their loved ones, angels, life guides, and higher levels of information. So depending on what they're looking for in a reading, um, we aim for that. And then also there is life coaching that I do and I have that NDE experience too, which I like to bring into it. Right. It's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. I'm also working with healing energies too and doing some healing work now too. Oh, cool. So anyone who has a, maybe something injury of some kind or a sickness of some kind, you work with that. Mm -hmm. Now, do you bring in their loved ones or guides or the universe to, I know obviously you bring in universal energy, but I mean like specifically, do you use some of those other things to help you? Yeah, I do. I open up um, and I just know that this is going to be for the highest good and any beings of light that are going to bring through information or energies that will be helpful to that situation are always invited in. So sometimes I'm working with our angels. Sometimes it's more of a universal um, Christ consciousness type healing energy. Other times I see a very emerald green healing energy. So it kind of depends on what the person needs and what the universe decides is best. Oh, that's really cool. We haven't talked a lot about that piece of the component. Mm-hmm. Um, just to give a little background, we've done some work together in mm-hmm. a cool way. And this world, and, and I don't really speak to this world much. It's a world that I grew up in when I, when I say grew up and when I started my journey. Mm-hmm. Past lives, Reiki, um, channeling, all that stuff was how I sorted myself out. And then I backwards engineered it into a science. And so really being a mental coach today and understanding how people's brains work and developing some brain training. Most people know, because when we get into their stories, they know I'm channeling different experiences and stuff like that. But with you, we get to play mm-hmm. in, in our work because I get to channel for you in different ways. We've looked at some past lives, some we've had together. Um, so this is a very normal realm for me. It's just not one that I typically lead with in my marketing, nor is it one I really advertise even in sessions. I just, it's part of the faculties. I use them to my advantage. It gets us really cool to clear to kind of navigate through people's lives. Mm-hmm. The one area that I'm, I don't connect to is the um, loved ones mm-hmm. kind of area. People who have passed on. The only time I do is if they are really strong and they come in and then, I'm, of course, I'll say, hey, so-and-so says blah, blah, blah. And um, But it's an area I 
choose to stay away from. Mm -hmm. How is it for you, just speaking to loved ones on the other side, speaking specifically to that, because guides and angels, that's an easy thing. Mm -hmm. Um, But loved ones, your reactions have to be amazing, right? Right. Oh, then the reactions are amazing. And what's really validating for me is to empower people to realize that the connections of their loved ones still go on. I was reading for a woman who lost her son last week and her son to me, her son said to me, the body just merely anchors that energetic connection that's eternal mm. here. And I was just wow. Say that again. <laughs> the body merely anchors and eternal energetic connection mm-hmm. it's almost like just the physical mass of manifestation of what already is right and it provides the human consciousness the link for us to put it all together right that's that's right that's right and it was amazing i've never heard it said quite like that um the human side of us we want to hug that body mm-hmm. to see that body to touch it to love it that's where we really struggle. Um, but as we move through that and we realize that that connection with our loved one is still evolving, still there, it's this, it's a as good or better relationship in a lot of situations, it, and it's evolving still. It's, it's not taken away from us, but it is changed. Yeah. It's beautifully said. It, when I talk to clients, I speak to the construct, especially with people who have passed on, some when my father was killed, it was he taught me so much about death and so much about what it really was meant to be and how it was really a celebration of life, mm-hmm. both what was and what is to come. Mm-hmm. And from there, I was able to really learn a lot. And he came and talked to me when he died for the first three days, which was super cool because it really assisted me in understanding everything that was going on. Mm-hmm. And the first day he came, I thought he was, I was just making this, I was making myself feel good, comforting myself right. until everything he told me mm-hmm. literally came true the next day. And then I'm like, oh, okay. And I've never had, at that point, I didn't even know the word spirituality, let right. alone practice anything. I was just a young kid, 22, I think maybe just, big blockhead, if you will. <laughs> um, but I, I felt it was so big. I was like, oh, this is real. Right. So then I started firing questions. Tell me about this. Tell me about that. Tell me what's going on there. Tell me. About so I learned a ton mm-hmm. about death. And for then it was death and it actually ended, ended up being uh, not death, but birth. Mm-hmm. Do you see that a lot when you're talking to uh, people who have passed on? I do see that a lot. Um, they really very often talk about this illusion that we're living in that this isn't like real life. Real life happens when we transition out of this plane. This is very much, um, and I do not want to underplay the emotions people feel or how powerful life is, but there is part of our soul that's here playing a video game. Mm -hmm. And we're learning and, oh, that's a cool experience. And you team up with some of your best friends and I'll see you there in five minutes. And we have this great plan and we come here to play. But there's part of our soul that always knows this is the illusion, this Mm -hmm. is the game. Mm -hmm. And the reality is that eternal love. Yeah, 100%. And again, an analogy that I would use is this is us getting a chance to surf. Mm -hmm. Hey, those look like cool waves. Let's get on a board and see if we can catch one. How long can we catch it? What can we do on it? Any tricks? Some of the times we jump on a wave and we, or we think it's going to be a wave, mm-hmm. and it just kind of peters out. And I watch people do it all the time when I 
love can watch surfers. I've been very grateful enough to watch it um, in person mm-hmm. plenty of times. Um, and then you see people catch, and the wave only goes for like a teeny little bit, and then it fizzles out. And then sometimes the wave goes a long time. Mm-hmm. And depending on the rider, depending on the wave, sometimes they catch maybe a bigger wave than they were ready for. Uh, they didn't realize it until they got into it. And when we drop into these lives, sometimes we drop into a life that we think looks pretty cool. Mm-hmm. And then it's bigger than we thought it was going to be. So then we kind of drop out right. pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a really cool place to start to continue on with death and really being a birth in life. And what you talked about is just a different way to communicate. Mm-hmm. It's such a true story. When before we actually could ever use a phone, a wired phone most people these days don't even know what that is except for people like us mm-hmm. um but before that was pony express existed at one point and then there was right. mail mail carriers and cars and all these things that in planes that you know, elevated the, the the mail experience and then elevated the telephone experience and plugging in and three-party lines and all of a sudden there was cordless phones which was mind-blowing do you remember right. that yes like, i do a cordless phone how does this thing work how can i talk and it's not plugged in i can go to the other room on that phone <laughs> right and then from there there's cell phones and there's these big blocks and cars and you're like how can we not even be at home and it's just going to continue to grow and grow Mm-hmm. But if you tried to tell somebody 60 years ago there was this thing you were going to have in your hand, I could get your email, which they wouldn't have known one us at the time, phone calls, video. All, they're just like, what are you talking about? Exactly. Because it's sometimes hard to understand what we're capable of and what different levels of connection are out there. Mm-hmm. Death is the same thing. We, we believe once somebody dies that that's the end of the communication. Mm-hmm. No, it's just a different, now you just communicate differently. Right. It's just a different channel. And really, you you know this too, the internet, the it very much mirrors actually what's happening on the earth realm in the sense that your computer has this IP address. Well, you have a unique soul print. So it's just tapping into that soul print. Okay, I want to go to the soul print of my mom. I want to connect with her. I want to feel her love. I want to see what she has to say. And that's how people are able to connect with other people's loved ones. We're tapping into their soul print. But it mirrors the internet in the Mm. sense that it's just tapping in. Everyone's got their own little print. IP address. Mm -hmm. That's a brilliant analogy, by the way. What would you say to somebody who, first of all, they come to you and you give them such great open connection and channel to loved ones. How would you say they could continue that on? I know what I tell my clients, but what what do you tell your clients um, that they can do to continue that Mm -hmm. communication? One thing people's loved ones are really good about (laughs) telling me what signs they're sending them. So I always love to tell them that. You know the feather you always find in your house and you don't have a down comforter? That doesn't just (laughs) accidentally get there. You know, so I I like to give them the signs so they know what to look for. But I also will say that everyone is a medium. You need a soul to be a medium and to connect with your loved ones. And so everyone has that. So it's just a matter of tuning in maybe quieting your mind or opening up, right? And for me, I see meditation in many different ways. For some people, it's a long run. For other people, it's sitting there quietly. So I think depending on the person and 
and their personality. There are different ways of meditating or just being quiet. How many people talk about, I was in the shower and it just came to me, right? right? And that's kind of a meditative state where you are um, opening up and you're, and you're listening to what spirit has to say. It's the art of listening, not talking. Uh, and so when you, so the first thing I heard you say is, one, look for the signs. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's hard, but that's where someone like you comes in, which is great because you can share what those signs are. What are some of the coolest signs uh, that you've been able to share with people? Um, so I had one lady I was reading for last night, and her son kept showing me a lizard. And I said, do you understand lizards? Well, she did in two ways. One, her oldest daughter was Elizabeth, and he called her lizard. So he was referencing his sister. But the other thing was, he they would get lizards in their house and lizards places that they weren't expecting them. So um, that's like one sign. Uh, I've had other people talk about making a noise internally in the structure of your house, a tapping or a scratching sound. Mm. Um, I love the unique signs. There are many things that are easy to, I would say, energetically manipulate. So a lot of common things are feathers, coins, hummingbirds, butterflies. Mm. Um, and when I say manipulate, I don't mean that with a negative. Um, you just mean be able to use. Right, right. So for me, when I when you, I say your mom sends you hummingbirds, what that means is your mom says to the hummingbird on an energetic level, can we blend energies and will you go see my daughter? And the hummingbird says, yes, that sounds amazing. <laughs> <laughs> and so here's the hummingbird showing up outside your house. So it's, it's an energetic blending mm. that um, they're doing when they're sending alive animals, you know, to, mm-hmm. to you. Um, there are, there are many of them that talk about almost playing tricks, like, um, with electricity or moving things in your house, mm-hmm. especially the kids that I work with, you know, the kind They're of always goofing around. Oh, they are. They are. That's what's amazing is they don't lose their personality and their characteristics. So first and foremost, the communication comes in realizing that they do interact and there are signs oftentimes given by loved ones within whether you're realizing them or not mm-hmm. what else well you said let, let's talk to number two it's get quiet so mm-hmm. you can listen mm-hmm. and if that listening is active whether it's a run or whatever else in the shower just letting go or if it's sitting down in meditation listen because people are are talking mm-hmm. right absolutely any other ways you know i usually um <clears throat> It helps me when I'm tapping into people, when their energy, specifically my clients, because some clients do really well with a mantra because they have a really busy mind and they have to have something going on in there. Um, those are those are really the most, the easiest ways, I think. Yeah. I would add one more mm-hmm. that really works well for, for my clients is to build a, a mental space, mm-hmm. a kitchen counter a um, room a room sit on the yes. couch where you can mentally go when you're listening mm-hmm. and you build this room in your mind and it could have been a place in your old house it could have been um the hike you guys used to always go on the bench you used to sit, or it could be somewhere brand new mm-hmm. that you just create real time that you go to and then bring your loved one in right and literally sit and start talking to them with a mindset of humanness. And what I mean by that is 
talk to them about your day. Tell mm -hmm. them what's going on. Really think, intellectualize or humanize what literally your life is and then go up with that mind mm -hmm. in that beautiful space and just sit and talk or stand or walk or whatever you're doing, right. but actually start talking. You'd be surprised at how much connection you get back and how much conversation you get back. Right. I've told clients something similar to that, but I've actually also told them, set a date and a time with your loved one. Friday night at seven o'clock, I'll meet you on the couch. <laughs> We're going to have a conversation. Does that help you think the spirit to pay attention? or? I think it helps the human to pay attention. Got I think it. spirit is already dialed in at such a higher frequency than we are. I actually have had people tell me, you know, my son who passed told me you were the medium I need to see. So on that spiritual side, there is some type of psychic ability. There's a lot of times I do readings and their loved one will come through and I'll know that in some way they knew this was coming for the last six months, even though that person just booked a couple weeks ago. Right. Right. So, um, in that sense, I, I feel it's more for the human mind. And to just, again, all the, the human needs so much texture. Mm -hmm. Time, minutes, hours, days. We need that texture. We need vocalization of that voice. That's another texture. Physical touch is another texture. Right. Um, but we really don't. Mm -hmm. That's what the human construct believes it needs. And so setting a date and a time does it. That's a great idea. Mm -hmm. Sends another texture it's a really cool thing i love not only what you do with it um um i don't actively choose it mm -hmm. uh but i do it um for you to actively choose it though in a fun way is really cool but it comes from they didn't come just naturally to you right or did it so at a young age i was more connected to spirit right. Like hindsight, you're realizing how much you could do. Right. And then that kind of turned off. When I was 12 years old, my grandfather passed away. And at that point in time, I realized, oh, he and I, we still have kind of this conversation and this connection, and I know he's okay, and I know he's here. And I would tell my mom about these things, and she would say, well, I know you think Grandpa would say that if he was here. And I was kind of like, well, no, Grandpa's saying that. <laughs> yeah, he literally just said that. Yeah, exactly. Um, but so I kind of learned at that point in time, okay, these conversations are between me and Grandpa, and we'll just keep them that way. Um, so that's how a lot of my um, life went from that point on. Almost under the cover. And yeah. And just very interpersonal. Right. But then humanists probably got involved on some level and kind of covered all that up, mm -hmm. made it less of a priority. Yeah. Absolutely. And then when, tell me about the near-death experience, the first one you had. Okay, so the first one I had was in 2000, mm -hmm. and I was actually at the <laughs> hospital because my niece had been born that day, so I was there visiting her, and I had a massive seizure, and so I hit the floor. And during that seizure, what I remember is being in this place of Unconditional love actually doesn't cover it. Yeah, <laughs> it's so too much small more. Of a yes, that's word. such a small little word. It's um, you know uh, completeness, contentment, joy, peace. Yeah. yeah, everything and nothing all at the same time. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And yeah, so I'm laying in this space with my head on my grandma's lap, and my grandma had passed a couple years before that. And as I was laying there, I was just 
looking around and I look up and I see this angel that was 12 to 14 feet tall. Mm. And I really, I knew they were big. I had no idea they were that big. I was just in awe of, of her presence. And I thought to and me, what age were you at this time? Just to- at this time I was 24. Wow. 24. Okay. So you're 24. You're going through this experience. Keep going. I, I wanted to get a perspective of age and yeah. timeline before we got too far in because I'd get lost and forget the question. Right. So I'm, <laughs> I'm laying there. I'm in awe of her presence. And I think to myself, what is your name? And I realize I'm thinking this. I'm not verbal, verbalizing this. And she answers me in my head. And her name was Madeline. And the way she said it was almost like singing a song. Mm-hmm. It didn't come out just like a word. And I thought, oh, my gosh, she just answered me in my head. And so I just kind of was laying there, enjoying the moment. And the next thing I hear is they're yelling, code, code, code. And then I was back in my body. Wow. And that was, so it was that quick of a moment. Yes. I have no idea. I mean, I was already in the hospital. So for them to yell code, you know, it, it couldn't have been that long. In, the, in that other realm, though. like In that other realm, I have Time is irrelevant. There's no time. Yeah. Yeah. It's certainly... Which is a cool thing to know and experience because it's just a lot of fun. Right. So after that, did you start waking up a little bit more? Absolutely. So I don't think that was ever going to be an option for me to leave. I think that was more of a wake-up call. Sure. Um, There was no doorways. No. It was just like a, hello, (laughs) you've ignored us for a while, but there's more. And, And I will tell you this. When I came back from that experience, I had never felt more loved Mm. in my life. And not by a specific human. Just with what was still flowing through you? Yes. Hmm. Yes. And it was unbelievable for me. I can feel it. It feels so big. Mm -hmm. Wow. Mm -hmm. Um, So then what happened? So, So with that, there's just an awakening that takes place in me. And I'm still not verbalizing to people... You know, my grandfather said, my grandmother this. You know, I'm still really keeping this to myself as, as I'm moving through. And, um, but I'm aware. I'm aware that there's so much more to this world. Yeah. You, got, you got this big, giant wake up. And what I'm hearing you say or listening to is that it opened up your connection in your heart space mm-hmm. in this bigger um, universal constant mm-hmm. that was just being carried through you bigger than the humanness around you. Mm-hmm. Is that pretty fair? Absolutely. Okay. Um, this is really cool. Because even though we've done some work together, which has been really great, I've never heard these stories. So I'm really excited. I've been excited about like breaking these things down. Yeah. Um, so then you're going around, you're walking around life, feeling bigger, more connected, very still um, uh, intimate in your own space, mm-hmm. not really the, uh, the world around you, right. knowing there's this sense of uh, bigger than the humanness around you. Mm -hmm. And then how did that continue to unfold? When was the next time? So the next one actually happens in May 2006. Okay. So I had my son, Josh, um, April 1st, and I had many complications after I had him. So for the following six weeks, I was in the hospital about four on and off. I'd in the hospital, they'd send me home for three days. I'd end up back in the hospital. So I had many, many um, health issues. They decided in May that they needed to do um, a DNC on me, which is where they would 
clear out the uterus because they thought that there was something in there causing an infection. It's supposed to be a 45-minute uh, outpatient procedure. And the night before, I just kind of thought I shouldn't do this, but I was so literally physically exhausted right. and tired of being in the hospitals. And the doctor said, you know, this, will, this is what we need to do to fix you. So I just went with it. Well, the next day I went in, and um, as he was doing the DNC, um, he ruptured through my uterus and missed my aorta by less than a millimeter. So it was so close they couldn't even stitch it. They had to pack it. And then they called in an emergency laparoscopic surgeon. And while he was in there also, he, the other surgeon ruptured a different part, the fundus part of my uterus. So it was ruptured in two places. Mm. My 45-minute procedure turned into three-and-a-half-hour emergency surgery. Mm. But what I remember from that time is very different. So um, a couple years before that, I had had this beautiful 100-pound white German shepherd and, um, oh, she's like my soul dog. You know, I just, mm. this dog and I, we, we knew each other. And she would always at night when she was in the earthly realm, come through and lay her head like this on my bed, just to check on me and make sure I was okay. And then go to the next room, you know? So anyway, what I remember during this surgical experience is her coming in and laying her head on my gurney. Mm. And the next thing I know, we're gone. And we are on this amazing island. Amazing. And I know I'm not allowed. I can see really far down. I see where the island curves. I know I'm not allowed to go around the curve. But she's here to keep me company. And once again, I know what she's feeling and thinking without words. The temperature is perfect. And we are running and running and running on mm. the beach. Here's the funny thing about that. I often tell people... If you see me running, call 911 because that's an emergency. I do not run. I hate running. So my near-death experience is me running and running on the beach, right? One thing I'm really aware of on the human level during this time is there was only each breath and each step in this near-death experience. I had There was nothing before and nothing after. So I call it like my eternal moment. It is the first time that I get eternity in a moment, mm. which was a concept. It, it, without experiencing it, it's very hard to explain. But there was literally nothing before and nothing after. Yeah. So we run and run and run on this beach, and we never get hot, tired, thirsty, nothing. We just keep going. This is the... This is the near-death experience where I really realize they're happening on three levels. So there's that's my human experience that I'm having. But at the same time, I have this soul experience. And on this soul level, what I'm realizing is my son, who was six weeks old at the time, was energetically very scared because I was leaving. And he knew it. And it makes sense when you think about the bond that you have with this infant um, very scared that I was leaving. Energetically, I go to him and I tell him, I will find a way to stay. I'm not going. I'm not going to leave you. And I literally, on a soul level, am able to usher in the Christ light and get that miraculous healing and stay. Mm. And then I feel like if you take it one more level above, there's also a universal level. 
that the near-death experiences are happening on. So it's three levels at least wow. simultaneously. That's, that's a really beautiful, powerful uh, just explanation, but also experience and feeling that. You said a few different things there. One, the eternal moment. Mm -hmm. And it is hard to define or quantify, especially if you have an experience. But if you could, or if I could explain it with the limited words that we have. I know. Um, <laughs> it's almost as if, if, if whoever's listening out there, when you, get in, when you start falling and everything turns into slow motion, Mm -hmm. Or when you, if you ever got into an accident, I remember one of the accidents that I got into with my car, and I remember like it just happened so in slow motion. It's it's about as close as I can get to explaining it because when you've ever had those, even some people have had those slow motions where a glass falls, mm -hmm. and they're like, oh, I can't catch it, and it takes forever for it to hit right. the ground. Eternal moments much like that, where literally there's so much presence, so much total everything is. There's no future. There's no past. But not because there really isn't no future. It's just all happening so simultaneously at once. Mm -hmm. And all of it's being experienced at once. That it's There's no such thing as time. Mm -hmm. There's no such thing as uh, anything forward or back, side to side. It's just literally so everything in one spot. Absolutely. And it's the best feeling. It is. It's If you imagine the most complete you have ever felt mm -hmm. in your life times 100 million, that will begin to touch. <laughs> begin to, that's 100%. And whenever I feel impatient or feel the humanness of like scarcity or lack, Going to that place mm -hmm. just totally makes sense. Not only does it make sense to go there and just like connect to that energy because it will put everything back in perspective, but when it just makes sense that that's the place you'd want to go, mm -hmm. the total completeness of all that is, and that's when people can start like looking at this as a, a video game. I was doing... Um, coaching for a client the other day and they were they were wanting to understand how to contextualize this world and spirit and all these different things so I took them up into this beautiful universe into the vastness the nothingness and the everythingness this beautiful void where it all exists and I had them look down at the humanness of their life and all the details and all of that it was all just stuff and I had them see the soul, and the only thing that the soul cared about truly in that human experience is how big is that human's light. Mm -hmm. That's it. Everything here is designed for us to work on our light, and everything here is meant to be abundant. We choose how to experience it all through pain and struggle or joy and abundance, but the universe doesn't interpret things as pain and struggle or joy and abundance. It just determines that it interprets it as things mm -hmm. giving us the opportunity to be the light. And what you're saying in the first example of the near death is that you felt more love than you ever felt, and it just stayed with you. And the second one, 
was calling in the Christ light mm-hmm. to truly heal you mm-hmm. and bring you back. And just based on those two things and the message I shared with this person, can you feel that light in that journey continuing to get brighter? Mm-hmm. Why was the second one? Like, was there things going on in your life that you weren't paying attention to? Because the, there's humanness in all of us. And we're going to naturally not always pay attention because mm-hmm. we're still trying to figure this out. Me, you, everyone included. Were there things you weren't listening to? Were there things that it required that kind of a wake up? Well, I think there, I think, yes. I think I was really, I had three little kids. <laughs> I just was really in the human experience and had stepped away from that spiritual connection, not intentionally, but I just Natural, let it drift away. Yeah. And so I think that's part of it. I think there was part of this that um, I needed to reconnect on a much bigger, deeper level than I had previously. And I also believe that when we come into this life, we give ourselves some exit points. Mm. And I believe that was truly a place where I could have exited had I wanted to. Right. Yeah, so let's talk about that specifically. When it comes to death, it's imagine, not for you because you know this, but for people listening, imagine a long hallway. And on this hallway, there's not always going to be doors. There's just sometimes it's just a big hallway. Mm -hmm. But there are doors, revolving doors. And there's lots of opportunities in these revolving doors to go take a peek out Mm -hmm. and then circle back in. Some are so subtle that they don't need a big experience, but we also don't hear it or feel it because it's that subtle. Like right. it could be anything. It could, it could have been a, a, a piece of chicken that spoiled, right, and that we didn't know, mm-hmm. and it was just a tiny little thing in the middle of the night that you would have never paid attention to. That was a tiny little peek into the other side that maybe you'll never remember. Right. Uh, then there's bigger ones, of course. You've described two. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, you said the first one wasn't a death experience. I mean, it was a near-death experience. That's not what I'm right. saying. But I'm saying it wasn't a... You There was no plans for you to exit. Right. I On a soul level... But it still was a door. Right. On a soul level and a universal level, I don't think it was ever your... This is an 100%. exit. 100%. It was just a hey, you up. want? Hey, yeah. <laughs> Let's use this revolving door so you can see it all. Right. Uh, but not with any possibility of you leaving. Correct. Yeah. So... We all have these revolving doors, and they come in big and small ways, so many subtle ones. And then there's some big ones for us. Mm -hmm. And again, these are in subtle choices. For example, if I get the intuition to take to drive the same place I drive to all the time, and this time I go, you know what, I'm going to go this way. Mm -hmm. And I miss a door only because I'm choosing to pay attention, only because I'm choosing to listen to my inner voice and not create pain and struggle, but great harmony and flow and joy. Mm-hmm. And I missed a revolving door where I never had a tragedy. And I say this because this is actually what happens to all of us. Right. So this revolving door had potential for you and you didn't take it. Right. And your son was a big reason for that. Absolutely. My children, <laughs> they anchor me here. <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise I'm like, he's out. Yeah, yeah. Otherwise I'm like, see you in the next life. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. So, how did that change you then? Because now you've gotten your second wake-up call. You're in this place of like, okay, like I kind of got away from my spirit. And by the way, for, this is normal. 
-huh. It's like learning a language. You can get really fluent in Spanish or French or any German or any other language. And if you don't use it, you can lose it. Mm -hmm. And most people do lose it, no matter how much you knew of it. It's, that, it's pretty simple. Yeah. That's spirituality. That's our soul. That's connection. That's why we have to keep, once we, stay con once we get connected, we got to keep working to stay connected and, and then really work to elevate our connection. Mm-hmm. So... Your kids got you into the human space, no problem. Second wake up, now what? What'd you do? What happened? What started happening there? Okay, so I was 32 okay. when that one happened. Um, actually, yeah, almost 33 within a week or two. Um, and so, you know, I'm once again, I'm more aware of like spiritual things. I will. I find a lot of things that don't ring true to me and things that I just know, but I'm still pretty much keeping it to myself. And um, raising three little kids, married, you know, still doing my thing. And then at 38, I have um, really tall ceilings in my kitchen, 14-foot ceilings. And I was up on a ladder, and I have those... Um, candles where you put the batteries in the bottom of them on every night they pop on at the same time. My oldest was in school she and um, in an after-school program and my two younger ones were home. Um, Sophie, my middle child, is, was eight and Josh was five at the time. And I said, as soon as I get done putting this candle back, we're going to go pick up your sister from school. So I climbed up the ladder and I, I went to put it in there and I felt the ladder shift. <laughs> And I knew I was going to fall. So basically what happened was the ladder went down and I hit the back of my skull on the corner of my granite kitchen island. And I had a five and a half inch skull fracture. I had a brain bleed. Just five and a half inches? Just five and a half inches. Jeez That's Louise. All. Yeah. It's huge. Brain bleed. Lost my taste, smell, hearing, equilibrium. Um, Broke my arm, which was the easy part to get over. Sure. <laughs> uh, I'm trying to think what else. Um, yeah. And, oh, I missed my brainstem by half an inch. So your brainstem comes through like sure. this. Yeah. The, it fractured all the way through. My, mm. the, the base of my skull fractured all the way through. Um, and obviously, I was on the floor. But what's happening to me at that point in time... I can't wait to hear this <laughs> I one. I know, right? <laughs> is I'm actually standing in this other spot in my kitchen watching this happen. And I'm with three people that I felt like I knew, but I've never met them before. I've never seen them. They were really nice and loving, and I felt like we had this... Were you guys like, did you have scorecards on like, that was a 10? Yeah, or that was exactly. <laughs> You're just watching this happen. Yeah. <laughs> Good job. Exactly. What's she going to do now? <laughs> exactly. Where's this going? Let's take bets. Um, <laughs> so I'm standing here with them. And I'm watching my body and I'm thinking, this is interesting because I'm getting, I'm feeling like I'm being given the choice. Would you like to stay or would you like to go? Mm. What would you like to do? And I'm watching my body fall and I'm thinking, this is crazy. It's going to hit the floor in a second or so. And I have forever to make this decision. They weren't like, hurry up. What do you want to do? Yeah. That goes back to that time yes. thing in that yes. eternal moment experience. Yes. And there I was again, surrounded by that love, that completeness, that contentment, mm. that eternal moment. So juicy. My body's going to hit the floor in a second, but I had forever to decide what I wanted to do, mm -hmm. or so it felt. Mm -hmm. And then I see my kids, 
And I really don't think most parents <laughs> will check out when you can see your kids right there. My son actually saw the whole thing. Hmm. He saw me later on. He told me, Mom, I know why your head got hurt so bad when you hit the floor. It bounced twice like a basketball. I mean, he saw in mm -hmm. detail everything that happened to me. Um, mm. So seeing my kids, I choose to stay. And right. this is what I remember on the human level. Once again, I got to tell you, we're going multiple levels. I feel like on the soul level, I really did have the opportunity to leave. Sure. That door was open for me that time. That's for sure. It was hugely open. Yes. I mean, it was wide open. I always realized, I literally would tell people, an angel moved my head half an inch. Just enough mm -hmm. to survive. That's all I needed was half an inch. Just to make the choice. Yeah. And so on that soul level, I could have left again. And on that universal level, I believe there are still things I don't remember that were talked about. And I believe I knew I would come back and be a medium and help people and bring this light into the world and this knowledge that I've gained from these experiences. Um, but that has taken me more time to access that level. And I think I'm still in the process of accessing that, right? I just have a little taste of what I signed up for to come back. But these are yeah. the three levels. Well, let me speak to that little taste. Uh -huh. That little taste is still a big experience. Right. Because to be able to connect and channel people's loved ones is an enormous gift. Mm -hmm. Where you and I do some work um, is in being able to just take that and really create a path of empowerment for the people so that they take do something with it, not just get comforted. Exactly. And that's what you're working on now. It's what I'm working on now. Let me tell you about my first big, big visit from a loved one after mm. my head injury. Yeah. Okay, so for people who like numbers, that head injury happened on 11-111. Um. <laughs> <laughs> this is so hilarious. That's amazing. I was born on ten ten. Were you? Uh, well, I was born October first uh -huh. at ten ten at oh night. Oh my gosh! Wow. Yeah. So the numbers thing, I'm in on it. Yeah. And I think it's awesome. So. Yeah, right. So one eleven eleven. Mm -hmm. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Out of all of the days that sure. I could have had it, this mm -hmm. is the day. Um, okay. <clears throat> so. This is November, you know, I'm in the hospital for a while and recovering. Um, and then I would say by January, this happens the end of January. My son, Josh, is five at the time and he starts getting depressed because we believed his 911 call didn't go through. He was so scared, Sophie's went through and he would start telling my mom, my mother-in-law, anyone, I, I didn't need to be there. Sophie could have done it without me. I didn't do anything um, to help my mom. Mm -hmm. guilt. Right. And we would say, but Josh, you opened the door for the policeman. Like you let him in the house. There was nothing we could say that would put that back into him, what he should have rightfully had. That's some past life stuff right there. Yeah. So the kids are at school. He was in kindergarten and I was in the kitchen. And usually as a medium, people do not manifest to me. Um, I'll see them in my mind's eye if I see them, you know, sure. but they don't. It's I'm not in... like you're walking around seeing dead people. No. Absolutely not, except for this one time <laughs> when I'm in my kitchen and my grandfather who passed away when I was 12 years old shows up in my kitchen and he's talking about my head injury and my accident and he's talking about my son Josh who's five. They never walked this earth together. together. And he says to me, 
you need to get that 911 recording. There's something on there you should know. And I was like, okay. And then he was gone. So I had never mm. thought of doing that. I'm feeling the emotion I come know. up. It feels really good. Okay. <laughs> never thought of doing that. It's just, you know, I was kind of in survival mode from my head injury still. And, sure. and no one had mentioned that. So I go down and I order it. It takes a couple of weeks and I bring it home and put it in the computer to play it. And they say, 911, what's your emergency? And I hear Josh and his little broken vo voice say, Sophie, what do I say? And then he lays the phone down. His call had gone through. And for a minute and a half, they're trying to get his attention. And you can hear the kids in the background. He says, I'm going to go push the house alarm button, the panic button. And Sophie says, hold on, let me call 911. And she hangs up the phone. And then her 911 call goes through. And they actually even connect her to the, the fire department on the way and she's talking to the firemen telling them what she's seen what's happening when josh came home from kindergarten that day i said josh and i never played the cd because it's very like dramatic he literally called in the trauma of the moment but i said to him i said your 911 call went through help was coming it was coming because it went through they heard you they knew we that yeah. you needed help and it was like lifting a 10,000 pound weight off a five-year-old boy mm. and literally seeing this <clears throat> life energy rush back into him to the point where we would go out to eat and the server would be like, hey, how's your day going? And he'd say, great, my 911 call went through. And they'd be like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> you know, they don't like know how to respond to that, right? Yeah. But what was amazing, amazing for me, so many things amazing about that, right? But both of them, were able to get their calls through to literally save my life. Mm. Um, and it never took away from each other. Yeah. I mean, that alone is so beautiful. It's pretty amazing when you take something like this experience and your grandfather comes in to give you the gift of your son back. Mm -hmm. That's a big deal. Your grandfather gave you the gift of your son back. Mm -hmm. That's a huge moment. And that was when you were like, all right. Okay, this just got real. <laughs> I better pay attention. And it's time to kind of start figuring out a way to come out from the, you know, intimate inside into sharing this in the outside. Mm -hmm. Cool. Well, here's what's great about that. First of all, we can laugh about how the universe is like, yo, we're going to split your head. We're going to crack you open one way or the other. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> we can do this the easy way or the hard way. You choose. <laughs> yeah. We're going to make this. We're going to get your attention. And it tried in a few different ways. First, we're going to, Shake you, your head. Yeah. <laughs> Wake up. <laughs> okay, we got your attention. Oh, man. We lost her attention. She went back again. to sleep. <laughs> All right. Then we're going to try from the other side. Right. <laughs> we're going to wake her up and use her kid because maybe that'll add to it. Did, mm -hmm. but then still some kind of getting back, just keeping it quiet. Like, All right. 
We got one more shot at this. Mm-hmm. We're going to crack her wide open. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. And, it, and the universe really can work that way. But the universe doesn't look at it as bad or negative or harsh or very um, painful. And actually, when you were observing yourself, you didn't see all that as so traumatic, did you? No. It was just factual. It was like, yeah. It, it, there, I actually, um, the emotion I felt in this situation was the pull to my kids which is why I chose to stay. But seeing my body fall, I wasn't like worried like, oh my gosh, I'm going to hit my head or I'm going to get hurt. There's no human anything. I didn't have connection to myself. Yeah. So for everyone who's listening, let me just tell you this pattern. We are all getting these wake-up calls. Mm -hmm. I had some big ones. They weren't like that, but they were big ones nonetheless. Some of them came physical. Some of them came relationship-wise. Um, I had one uh, in a hotel room once. It was pretty big. But our soul is wanting us to wake up, mm-hmm. every one of us. It's so important for us to listen. Because the more we don't listen, the more we ignore, the more the soul turns up the volume and the soul also the universe turns up the volume to get our attention mm-hmm. oh you can't hear that yet let's turn up the volume right because the human construct is widely tied to pain and struggle as their natural form of growth mm-hmm. most of the time that is going to come from that frequency pain and struggle mm-hmm. it was so true for me so true for you. Mm-hmm. I mean, it doesn't get more real than that. Hey, let's crack her head open. And let's just see what she wants to do now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then the gift of your grandfather mm-hmm. to give you the gift of your son back, mm-hmm. which is a huge statement. And then the work started. Mm-hmm. When was your first client? It was a few years because I would start, there was part of me that really still struggled with this. A little scared, probably. Scared, yeah. I mean, a little unknown. Mm-hmm. Um, not really raised in an environment where this was normal. Sure. You know, the other moms <laughs> I was friends with were dealing with school and potty training. And I was like, and I'm talking to people from the other side, you know, I started really feeling disconnected from a lot of things in mm-hmm. my life. Um, and so I uh, found a group in Tempe, and I just found some of my soul tribe who was thought this was amazing and very encouraging, and you can do this. And then I sought out a mentor, and I mentored for a few years, and then I started seeing clients after that. Cool. So you took action right away. It just took you a while to get to the client part. Right. I would say within... Probably within six months of the head injury is when I realized my life will never be the same. Mm. So that disconnection from, I can appreciate that so well, because as I started to grow and as I started to wake up, and really I, I would do some really big channeling and connecting, really big travels, truly disconnecting from this body, but not from a near-death experience, mm-hmm. <laughs> just from that. But it doesn't, that doesn't make me any more special because I had plenty of pain that hammered me. <laughs> to make me. It's just I happened to, once I figured out kind of that path, mm-hmm. I was like, oh, yeah, let me see how high I can go. Let me see how much I can take in. And so I've had some really very similar experience to what near-death people have 
going to the big void, going into like warehouse type experiences where like the warehouse never ends and anything and everything's there for you. There's no, there's nothing that you could ever want or need. Mm -hmm. And everything's instantaneous. There's nothing that has to do with time. The, the, the humanness is so insignificant that it just looks like a trivial game or a, 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 an insignificant thing. Mm -hmm. And the more I learned and the more I understood, the more I just felt like, well, this is great because I'm really feeling more free and more clear, more centered, but how do I now interact? Mm -hmm. How do I sit with somebody talking about like the newest iPhone they got? And I was a tech person, so you know I used to love talking. I still do, actually. But, mm -hmm. but at the time I was going through this, I was like, none of this matters. Right. And it, I felt so discouraged. You felt that too, right? Mm -hmm. It took you a while to figure out how to integrate back, right? Mm -hmm. it's, a, it's a really interesting place to be here. Mm -hmm. And if everything is meant to be a playful game, which it is, and we don't take the humanness with such extremes, then we get to choose to operate from a lighter space, a bigger energy, and we get to choose to create from joy and abundance. Mm -hmm. You just got to figure that out. Right. What would you say in all your teachings, both personal and in what you share with people, what would you say you could say to somebody <clears throat> who is, just from a perspective standpoint, who is just really stuck. Right now, we're going through this pandemic. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of uncertainty. There's a lot of um, waking up. Mm -hmm. But waking up without knowing what to wake up to. Right. You know, it, there's, it's so different right now. In all the routines and all the norm, it's so that the brain is like literally in a place where it's like unplugged itself. Because it doesn't have the attachments it normally does. And so that's the wake up, but that's like stage, phase one of the wake up. Phase two then would be like, what are we going to do now that we're detached? How do we want to reattach ourselves? What would you say to people knowing everything you know about life, about death, about the other side, about what matters and what doesn't? Mm -hmm. um, how, how could you support people today in a voice, in a messaging? Mm -hmm. One thing, there's a couple of things about that. I truly believe when our souls are spoken into existence, there is a core value placed on them. Um, so for me, I, I truly believe mine is light. So it's bringing light into this world. And whenever I come into a problem or a difficult circumstance, as soon as I can face it with light, it will help me understand that. So for some people, it's courage, truth, love, you know, and it's not that everyone doesn't have all of these values, but they're almost add-ons to your soul mm -hmm. as you move through time. Mm -hmm. So finding out what that core word for your soul is will really help you know where you're going because you'll face the issues that way. The other thing is this point in time is also somewhat a gift for us because I believe this is when you can usher in and manifest your future mm. because we are giving this period of silence, mm -hmm. of quiet, of no demands. You can't go to work. <laughs> you know what I mean? Things that normally some people would have to do, they can't. This is really a time to sit here and 
focus on on what you want to see and not just for this year 2020 but we're in a new decade what do you want to see in three years five years ten years i really feel like this is that period of time where you can manifest that and i feel like this is a period of time where the universe is giving us light and support that we're not aware of but it's clearly there Beautifully said, and I 100% agree. It's really important for us to do something with mm -hmm. this time. I love what you say about what value, what is that core value. Mm -hmm. There are just different variations of light. Mm -hmm. And the add-on thing is like, it's like once you learn this skill, then you learn this skill, and we keep growing, and maybe this lifetime is your um, scarcity, which means abundance, and which means trust, and which means truth. Mm -hmm. uh, there's, for me, I know self-love is a big thing for me in this lifetime. Mm -hmm. Creating a, a connection with money that as I grow how I love, see, and know myself, my money grows. Mm -hmm. That's a huge thing for me in this lifetime. Female energy and interacting with that in a, in a, in a healthy way. But not just female energy externally with females in my life, although that's been a big story for me. Mm -hmm. um, it's female energy within, balancing my own female energy because mm -hmm. I came in as such a warrior. I've been a warrior in so many lifetimes. And so balancing that is really important. Now, if you're listening and you don't know where to start, that's where people like Michelle um, come in and even myself. But for me, it's, it's just... I already know this work, and I know, and I, when I started, I had to really start on my own. I had to start with some different things, but this is an opportunity for you to just maybe find a book, find something, but only things that are going to put you in a position to be empowered, mm -hmm. not a book that's going to be the answer for you, not a book that's going to tell you truth, but give you an opportunity for you to discover your own truth. Mm -hmm. That's the key in a book. Uh, and so books that are empowering books that don't that just say, here's how it is, and this is the always, and this is the absolutes, those are the ones you got to be like, uh, you know, I don't know about that. Right. There's no such thing as that, especially on this human realm. Right. Have you ever just bought a book? I've done this. And I've just turned to one page, and you're like, oh, perfect. And that's really all you needed out of the whole book was just that one page. And then I don't read the book because I know I got what I needed out of it. It was just, and, and so that's some of it too, right? Bringing that into your soul. Um, not, we have 7.5 billion people on this planet walking around in 7.5 different realities, 7.5 billion different truths, seven, right? And so there's not a one size it's all. Mm -hmm. It's what works for you and your soul. Right. And the most important thing is how you integrate whatever it is out mm -hmm. there. And there's people doing it in a zillion different ways. Mm -hmm. So find a book, find a resource, turn to somebody like you, even somebody like me. But if you really want to know about who your angels are, you're the gal. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to tell you uh, how you could... Um, utilize any information to game up, level up in a different way. But if you want to have fun and find out, you know, what some past life people are doing or some people who've moved on are doing, you're definitely, that's your wheelhouse. With still the same old empowerment too, this, this, this level of 
giving them an opportunity to, to level up. Mm-hmm. It's pretty cool. Well, for me, this is just so amazing to hear your story because I've been waiting to hear it, but I've been waiting to hear it <laughs> in this space. To know our story together hasn't just been in this lifetime. Mm-hmm. It was the minute we got connected and I got your text and I linked you, your energy to the text that I got. I was like, oh, yes. I was excited from that moment on. I'm like, I can't wait. <laughs> Me too. And then we scheduled our sessions and then and then you came you came for them and, and I was just so excited and instantly it was just like this reun- reuniting of energies of people mm-hmm. in this is a huge opportunity for all of us to find people that have been big, beautiful supports in our lives, beautiful friendships, beautiful experiences, not just the people you're already friends with. Those are great people, Mm -hmm. definitely, but to raise your vibration up so you can call in people from a higher vibration that are meant to support your evolution in life. That doesn't take away from anyone in your life. These are just other people with different textures, different roles mm-hmm. than the people that are current in your, in your life. And it's okay to bring those people in mm-hmm. and not lose touch with everyone you already have. So empowerment's an important thing during this time. Mm-hmm. Knowing your value proposition that you're meant to come in at, you know, that you're supposed to learn. So I would say to that, for people who want to like scan their history, Mm-hmm. For me, if I scan my history, it's not too hard to realize the female issues. I mean, I've been divorced three times. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I, had, I have, you know, struggling. Uh, in the past, I've had struggling female relationships in other ways. Um, closely tied to being seen, being loved, matter. So then you just go down that rabbit hole and you start putting together the pieces of your own puzzle that's surface stuff. We're not trying to go deep or meditate. I'm just looking at the surface. Right. Here's some patterns. Right. Here's some things. Probably something there for me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so if you're somebody who has um, been in and out of relationships, you might want to look at that. Mm-hmm. What's some of the common denominators in your own issues? Where have you felt you've struggled? Other people are in long-term, lifetime relationships, and that's not their thing. They're like, oh, no, that's pretty good. Okay, well. Maybe it's jobs that you've turned over. Right. Maybe even though um, you maybe you've had a long-term job, but the money you've always struggled with. Maybe it's children issues. You have mm-hmm. issues with your children. Like no matter what, you try to be the best person you can be. And I know clients who their children just won't. They're just not in. Well, what's there? You know, what is that all about? Right. Um, so just do some detective work. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. And go back and self-reflect. Mm-hmm. Then take that in and think about it and see what you can find. That's even without seeing anybody. That's a right. way to start. Right. I, I always like to encourage people to just do something on their own mm-hmm. and also then take advantage of great res- resources and people. Our souls are always whole and always know what we need. So that's really where a lot of the direction people can get when they can get to the point that they're tapping into their soul on their own and finding out, okay, what do I need? You know, why is this a pattern? Mm-hmm. Your soul's all, always whole. No matter what your human life looks like, no matter what your body looks like, your soul's whole. Yeah. So if you listen, 
much like to loved ones that have passed, if you just put yourself in a place of listening and inviting your soul in, mm -hmm. just in the same scenario, like on a couch, mm -hmm. and you'd be surprised how much you, you can hear. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much. I love you deeply. I'm so grateful we got to do this today. Me too. Thank you so much. I <laughs> deeply love you and appreciate you. You're amazing. Mm. All right. Um, Instagram? Mm -hmm. Michelle Claire. Okay. Uh, Facebook, Medium Michelle Claire, and it's C-L-A-R-E. And then my website is Michelle, M-I-C-H-E-L-L-E, Claire, C-L-A-R-E dot net. Cool.